Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, April 14th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, frustrations mount in Jackson as the city enters its third week without a curbside waste disposal contract in place. Then parts of the South Mississippi Delta have suffered from flooding for generations. But coming up with a solution has been contentious. Plus, storm-weary residents in Winona take to a town hall for answers. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Curbside trash pickup remains halted in the capital city as leaders continue to debate long-term waste disposal contracts in an attempt to relieve some of the garbage buildup in homes and communities. The city is providing one drop-off location for residents at the end of the week. There, outside the Metro Center Mall in Jackson, MPB's Kobe Vance talked to resident Albert Johnson, who had a pickup truck, and the bed was filled with trash. I feel terrible. I just not had to come out in this rain and dump trash and try to help some people that's less fortunate than me and got no legs and stuff and try to help their garbage and stuff. It do not make any sense. The capital, Magnolia State, and we got to haul our own garbage. And what we're going to do about the money that we're paying them for to do this, and they worry about who's going to get the garbage. I don't care who get it. He can get it. And need to put it around his house and the rest of them house. They want to work with that. If you had a chance to speak to the mayor or city council, what would be your words to them right now? I don't want to speak to neither one of them. I need to get somebody to place the whole thing that needs to be placed because they can't get anything together for the people that are paying their taxes and stuff. They're getting lodging and stuff. They need to fix the street and stuff. This don't make no sense. You go anywhere else, Rankin County, Madison County, they don't have no bomb. They don't have nothing like this. It's, it's, it's pity and shame. You said that you're helping out your neighbors, uh, people who can't get out. Uh, wh- exactly. Uh, what's that been like? Say, so what is that like? Yeah, what, what, what uh, picking up somebody that's garbage I don't have to pick up? You know, just a good neighbor, you know, like your, your leg will cut off and you can't do nothing. They ain't got the transportation. You don't want the stuff piled around your house. What does it say to you as a citizen to have trash services disrupted like this? It, it just says, says. The mayor don't care. They think it's a political game. Well, if it was up to me, I'd fire every last one of them. Give me a whole new staff. Also there was Carlos Johnson, who runs a lawn business. He's been loading trucks full of trash to take to a dump. But when the landfills were too muddy to access safely, he visited the mall roll-off site where he was turned away for bulk dumping. Well, I'm here for the residents, man. I, I've been doing landscaping for almost 20 years. I've seen a lot of people, elderly people. Uh, a lot of people who can't do for themselves. And um, I've always been told the acronym STP, solve the problem, solve the problem. So when uh, my neighborhood, when I when I heard on the city council that um, they did not come to a solution, 
I knew that next Monday morning that we was going to have a problem. So I jumped in. I got all my guys that's working right now. They got the trucks. We started picking up garbage. And, uh, and it's been crazy, man. It's been crazy. Uh, you see a lot of stuff, man. You got elderly folks, man, that have disabled kids uh, that can't take their garbage out. And uh, it just piling up. And uh, I had a protocol that said I only want to pick up four bags because I didn't want to, you know, pick up a buck of garbage and you can't do what you want to do for the other people. So, but I'm coming to find out there are some people who garbage has, has to pile up simply because they're older people and they can't get it to the street. You know, and it's crazy, man. It's, it, it is a crisis. It's a real crisis. You talk about water crisis that we just had and we're still dealing with it. People are paying for water that they can't use properly. And now you're dealing with the, um, the sewage and water. And these people are paying for this. Cody, that was one thing I wanted to say. That we're literally paying for something that we can't use. We're paying for this. I want to apologize to the citizens of Jackson uh, simply because they're already paying for this with their tax dollars. Uh, sewage and water, they're already paying for this. But we have no other option. And this is the option that I came up with. Uh, my HOA, Phyllis Parker, we came up with this idea. And uh, so we have no other option. And I apologize to you guys. You have to pay twice uh, for something that you're already being billed for. But this is the option that we have until the kids in city council get themselves together. What is What are your talks with your neighbors been like over these past few days? Um, day by day, they're asking uh, just basically, are you going to pick up this day? Or are you going to pick up this day? And uh, I've been randomly just kind of picking up because... I own a landscaping company. My season is about to start, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen after the season starts, you know. So I'm I'm in constantly contact with my HOA, Phyllis Parker, and uh, just kind of trying to see how can we help them. And uh, sometimes I kind of just ride through the neighborhood with my truck bareback, and if I see garbage still sitting on the street, I go by and I kind of talk to them and see what's going on. Sometimes they made arrangements with other people, and sometimes they're elderly people. Um, who can't do anything else. Now, uh, since you're out here today, are they able to accept the trash that you brought? No, they would not accept my trash because they're telling me that it's bulk and uh, they're telling me residents only, and this comes from the residents. You know, this is not anything that I was building a house or, or anything like that and, I'm, and, and, and bringing trash. This comes from the residents. This comes inside of the subdivision, the neighborhood. That's where it, come, that's where it comes from. And, and uh, from what I'm told, that... Uh, there have been many bulk trucks that have come in here and dumped trash. You know, so I'm just going to have to find another idea. I'm going to have to, uh, 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 a solution, maybe take it to my building and pull them in until the landfill's dried out. And, and, and that's, that's kind of hard to fathom because, you know, you're putting trash inside your buildings. Have you been able to take things to the landfill? I have. I have. Over the week since when it, when it was dry, I have been able to take it to the landfill. There was uh, two landfills that denied me, uh, the public landfills. You know, you it's public. You pay for it, you come right in. And uh, So I've done that. And uh, so, But today, uh, I won't be able to get into the landfills today. So if I can't dump here, uh, I have no other solution. I have no bag up plan. And that's because it's raining? That's because it's raining. Uh, but I, I still don't understand this right here. Uh, you got uh, two dumpsters that are empty, uh, and they're public dumpsters. I called the mayor's office, and, and the attendant told me to come here. Uh, 
No, she did not tell me to come here. She told me where they were located. And uh, so that's, that's pretty much what we're dealing with, man. What's been your thought as someone who lives in Jackson yourself, not being able to get your trash picked up while you're still paying those rates? My thoughts is that I'm pretty sure these type of things have been going on in the years under the table. When we had a white administration, it was going on. Now we've got a black administration, and uh, uh, these things are still going on. Uh, but uh, I guess the people under the table can't get their money the way they want it. Uh, so the residents has to suffer. Jackson's mayor says the city must work out an emergency contract soon because each day without one could bring growing fines, environmental hazards, and community frustrations. Coming up, parts of the South Mississippi Delta have suffered from flooding for generations, but a solution has been contentious. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Parts of the South Mississippi Delta have suffered from chronic flooding for generations. Relocation and rebuilding are a regular part of life. But coming up with a solution has been controversial. The pumps that could prevent flooding could also damage wetlands. In recent months, the Environmental Protection Agency started pursuing a fix again. The Vicksburg Post has been covering how all of this impacts residents. Anna Gazirix is managing editor of the paper. She spoke with the Gulf States Newsroom's Danny MacArthur about how the South Delta got to this point. So this has been the issue that's kind of been going on for generations. Yes. Why is flooding such a persistent problem in the area? So uh, historically, it's been a problem since the 1890s, if not before. Um, the latest account I've found is a lady whose great-great-grandparents had their wedding announcement in the newspaper, and it said that the guests arrived by skiffs <laughs> because the water was too high for them to walk there. So... Um, the history of the area is kind of pockmarked by a few major floods. And so 73 rolls around and backwater floods, the Mississippi River floods, and there's no way for that water to escape, right? You have the levee and you have water on either side. So the Corps of Engineers comes in and they say, okay, we're going to design this pumping system. It's a three-part system. You have the steel bio gate. That opens to let Mississippi River water in when the river is too high or let backwater out when it's too high. You have the levee system. And then you also have the backwater pumping station. That last piece of the puzzle, the pumping station, was not completed. So because there's no pumping station, it creates a bathtub effect. And I think you were touching on it right there yeah. a little bit already, but... I guess when it comes to solutions to the problem, there's been yes. like a lot of back and forth for quite some time. Yes. So we kind of have this demonization of anti-pump people, and we also have demonization of these large producing cash crop farmers. 
And at the same time, we also have the environmental piece because these floods do devastate the uh, flora and fauna in the region. So um, for the last few years, the Yazoo backwater pumps issue and the Yazoo backwater flooding issue has been treated like a political football to be punted around instead of a matter of life and death for both human, animal, plant life in the region. I guess you maybe talk a little bit about what's at stake for these communities if there's no solution. So I have, through the course of my reporting, kind of crisscrossed the area, which is a lot wider than it looks like on a map. But I've seen what these towns look like after floods. A good example is the Holly Bluff community. One source I spoke to, Mr. Thomas Jones, he said, you know, we used to have commerce in a downtown. It wasn't very big, but it was there. In our little town, we lost churches. Mm-hmm. We lost our bank, our school, and we, you know, it just impact us. We don't have a gas station. And I had to drive through all of what remains of that town to get to his house. It was shocking to me to see just bricks tumbling out of buildings. And so back in January, there was like some movement on this, you know, with the Army and the Environmental Protection Agency. So that was in February. But now Army and EPA are working together. And then in February, February 15th, they invited everybody in the community to come out to the Vicksburg District building here in Vicksburg. And they had a series of public information sessions. And it was a conversation between these officials from Washington, D.C., with the EPA and the Army Civil Works, and the people who, again, have been living in and amongst these floodwaters their whole lives. The residents were hopeful. They walked away hopeful, which is something I had not seen in any other meeting. It really, really felt positive. As someone who's been reporting on this for a while, why should people across the region be paying attention to this? Well, the people in the Yazoo backwater area and in the South Delta are just like you and me. They come from all walks of life, all backgrounds. They're proud of where they're from, and what they do is important to our region. They are pushed out of their homes. They have lost everything, not once, but twice and three times over in some cases. And all they want to do is what you and I take for granted every night, which is go home and enjoy the places that they've worked so hard to cultivate and to build a life. The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration between Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public media stations in Louisiana and Alabama. Coming up, storm-weary residents in Winona take to a town hall for answers. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. 
MPB and Cars, better together. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Residents in Winona are making their voices heard as the town continues to recover from a recent tornado. The event was the third and final stop of a small tour organized by Congressman Benny Thompson's office made to communities affected by last month's storms. The Democrat from Bolton represents Mississippi's 2nd Congressional District, which includes the impacted areas of Rolling Fork, Silver City, and Winona. State and federal officials were also on hand to present information and answer questions, among them Todd DeMuth, the state coordinating officer for Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. Regardless of what you may hear, MEMA and our state partners aren't going anywhere. Uh, we are committed to continuing the fight in this effort until that effort is complete. And what that means for us is that these communities, specifically in Carroll and Montgomery counties, not only recover, but recover better than we were before the tornadoes came through here. And I believe we can do that, but it will take some time. If you haven't done so already, and I've been saying please, and I've been saying ask, but I'm, I'm at the point of beg. I'm begging you to register with FEMA. If you do nothing else or gain nothing else out of this meeting tonight, please register with FEMA. If you have to ask the question, should I register with FEMA, the answer is yes. So, and because you're not accessible to, you're barely accessible to any potential assistance unless you do that. So again, you're, I imagine the folks behind me will echo that sentiment. Please, if you haven't done so, in fact, if you know somebody that may or may not have registered, please check on them outside this meeting and make sure they have registered as well. Any help we can get on that front to help the citizens of Mississippi were willing to take. Residents say following the storm, the town was without power for more than five days. And for some, the lack of electricity resulted in food losses that have been difficult to replace. Mary Fullalove tells our Lacey Alexander she needs help to be able to afford food in a town with only one grocery store. Yeah, we didn't have lights. Lights, yeah, about my website, about a week, yeah. So that means you don't have light, that means what happened to the food? Your food don't spoil and it's gone. You know, and uh, welfare don't want to get nobody no food stamp. If you if you got a check, if you over a nickel or a penny a dollar, you sure won't make it. That needs to change right now. You know, with all this going on, it needs to change. And and try to help us. You know, most of us I'm disabled, she disabled, she disabled. She disabled, and, and to me, you know what? To me, they are not doing enough for the people that's disabled. I call and they turn me when this when that storm uh, passed us and our lights came back on. I called FEMA and they said they couldn't help me. I said, What do you mean you can't help me? I said, I said I lost all my food, and and I think they said that they don't really replace that food back. I said, why not? How you doing? I, I even called the Red Cross. And they told me to file it on my insurance. That's what they told me, to file it on my insurance. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna... Uh-huh, I had to buy it out of my pocket, yeah. It ain't nothing like nobody else did it. Yeah, but I got food. Yeah, and, and one owner, 
these lights, by these lights popping off and on, they, they need to do better than what they're doing. They need, to, they need to do better. We never had, nothing never came through Winona like that. You know, without us being having lights for about four or five days. They may go off the night and sometime that night they may come back on. But this time, they didn't. Five days. Five, five, yeah. Five, five yeah. days, five nights. Yeah, yeah. Lost all that food. I mean, all the good food. I, I lost steaks, pork chop, chicken, you know. So I, I don't think they're doing enough. And it's not just personal food inventories that have been devastated by the storm. Yvonne Williams owns a catfish and seafood restaurant. She says she lost around $2,000 in inventory because of the week-long power outage. I've been in one owner like 10 years doing catfish zone and cooking catfish, and the people love it. And on the other day when the storm came on the 24th, me and my son is the only two people that's in there. And we went home, we came back, they said everything, the lights off. They stayed off five to six days. So when I did come back to one on, I lived in Grenada. And when I did make it back to one on, I said, oh my God, everything was ruined. I got pictures on my phone of my food, my shrimp, my fish, everything was gone. And so we got, I'm starting, trying to start all over again, cooking, because I had lost all them days. And it was just, it just been unreal for me to try to build an inventory back up because you don't have any money until the next week when you cook every day. <clears throat> so what we're doing now, we're trying to cook, put our inventory back, trying to cook, put our inventory, and it's been just hard. You know, with the lights being off, and then we had like six freezers. Everything went bad in them. Shrimp, fish, you name it. And I just threw raised shrimps today, $20 and some cent a bag. So we don't have anything. We're just scrapping, trying to make it and build us some food. The Red Cross is partnering with FEMA and MEMA to provide disaster food assistance. John Brown is their executive officer for Mississippi. I'm going to talk country from the Delta. It's disaster food stamps, okay? And it's a special program that's only activated in major disasters in the state decided to activate that. Uh, the date was April 17th through April 21st. Uh, it's at the community house uh, where you can go and register for that. So if you did lose the meats and stuff like that, they'll load that, get your car and load. You do not have to be a previous recipient of food stamps to get that. That's the special disaster delegation. The folks that did have that before should have got a reload uh, prior to this. As the town, like other storm-weary parts of the state, continue to recover, Todd DeMuth of MEMA has this advice. When you get a call that you don't recognize, especially in the, in the next coming weeks, don't do like I do or most people do, and I don't recognize the number, I let it go or ignore it. This is not the time to do that. I ask that you do answer those calls. And you may be taking some risk in getting uh, a friend that you didn't want to talk to, but I ask that you absorb that and and take the call from American Red Cross. And we've also asked for disaster case management from FEMA. They will augment that process too. And they are really going to be the long-term case managers. Those folks are going to make sure you have the products you need, make sure you have the paperwork you need. They're going to hold your hand, for lack of better term, through this entire process until we can get all the folks that are currently displaced back into a, a, back into a home that is suitable uh, going forward. 
Temporary lodging assistance is also available to residents who are displaced by the deadly tornadoes that ripped through parts of the Mississippi Delta and North Mississippi last month. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.